Welcome back to the Room Madness podcast. This is the podcast for everyone who is crazy about rheumatology to connect, collaborate, compete, and learn together. We are absolutely thrilled um, to have this one last final podcast of the Room Madness 2022 season. The tournament has just concluded. We had Reproductive Health Guidelines as the winner of our tournament, uh, which was not controversial at all. Um, but it was celebrated by all, um, uh, maybe a little controversial. There were some CAR T-cell fans out there, um, but I think everyone was still very thrilled with the outcome of the tournament. Um, and uh, I think everyone learned a ton and we're here to talk about it. Um, so uh, today we're just going to recap our experience in Room Madness and highlight a few things um, that we want to um, talk about to wrap up the tournament. Um, so uh, I'm joined here by four others, and I'm really thrilled to have them introduce themselves. Um, so Belinda, would you mind telling us who you are? Hi, I am Belinda Burndam. I am a private practice rheumatologist in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and a proud member of the bracket-busting blue ribbon panel. Yeah. <laughs> we are so thrilled that you were on the panel, Belinda. It was so fun having you. You're so enthusiastic about the tournament in the first year. There was absolutely no question in our minds of who we needed on this panel for a year or two. And uh, you did a great job, as did the rest of the panel. I mean, it was really, as we'll talk about, you all really took this really seriously. And um, we're really thankful for it. So um, if you had your bucket, your, your bracket busted, it was busted for a good reason by these wonderful people. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Lauren. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Lauren He. I'm um, a third year internal medicine resident at the University of Chicago. And I was part of a couple scouting reports, but mostly in the people region. So super pumped to be here and super pumped that we had the overall winner. I know back in that podcast, we did kind of all say that we felt very confident about that region. And it's exciting and amazing to, um, to help come out on top. That's great. Thanks, Lauren. All right, Guy. Hi, I'm Guy. I'm a uh, second year um, fellow at MGH and um, also on the Room Madness leadership team, um, was involved in the creation of the CAR-T uh, scouting report and um, was a slightly um, overly uh, optimistic and verbal uh, proponent of that team during the whole, <laughs> the whole tournament. Um, I'll, I'll uh, respect the repro health guidelines, but still think that CAR-T was the rightful winner of, of Room Madness 2022. Sounds very similar to things you said last year, Guy. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the Blue Ribbon panel always gets it right until the very end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, uh, remind us of who you are. I'm Ben Kellogg. I'm a second year internal medicine resident at Duke. Uh, and I was the region leader for the fan favorite Animal House region. Um, we put some good teams out there, made it, I thought, a pretty good distance in the tournament. Not all the way to the end, but I was pretty proud of our showing. Yeah, you, you did great. I think there were definitely some surprises in the Animal House. Uh, it was interesting. I think everybody was uh, really interested in the axolotls and the panel, not so much. So. Um, we'll have to see what Belinda thought about that, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think we'll start with, um, uh, the participants, um, and then we'll get to Belinda in a minute, but so we actually, the, those of you on here, you know, Ben, actually, I don't remember how your, your bracket did, but, 
Um, you know, Guy and Lauren, y'all's brackets did okay. I, I'm curious, um, how was, what was y'all's experience through the tournament? Um, you know, Lauren, actually you tied for the top resident, uh, bracket entry, but, um, we, um, could not have you win that because you are on the leadership team, uh, but you did really well. So Lauren, what was your experience going through the room madness tournament and having your bracket do so well? Um, what did that do for your experience? Yeah, I I mean, it was so much fun to listen to all the podcasts, um, read all the scouting reports and really dig into to these topics. I think uh, my experience also was interesting because at first I really thought that the ANA uh, scouting report would go pretty far. I actually picked that as our region winner, but um, you know, going back to the reports, getting back on Twitter, being part of the conversations, I kind of realized, you know, the repro health guidelines were, were so strong and so needed and so universal um, that I, I kind of went back on my initial statement and said, you know what, I think, I think this is going to be the big winner. Um, so I think overall, it was just really fun to be part of that conversation and be part of these podcasts and just learn uh, so much more about a topic that I, I thought I knew a lot on, but turns out there's so much more uh, to learn. So overall, very fun, very engaging. I mean, it was, it was a blast. That's great. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, for the residents out there, I think that's important to know. I mean, you know, Lauren's on the leadership team, but you know, that's really what we want is, um, you know, for a resident to be able to go through these scouting reports and watch rheumatologists and fellows communicating with each other and feel a part of that community enough that you can kind of understand what we think and, um, you know, be a part of that conversation and maybe even influence that conversation. Um, and I think that's awesome. Uh, ben, did you um, experience that? Uh, I don't know, you know, did you pick the Animal House region to go all the way to the championship? Just were you too invested? I maybe should have, but I don't know. I, I got caught up and maybe a guy influenced me too much. And I went with RT. Um, Sorry. I've learned my lesson now. Hey, you know, everybody else did. The majority of participants picked CAR-T. So. But I, I would echo, I mean, a lot of what Lauren was saying. I really enjoyed it. I, in my current stage as a resident, I'm learning a lot of the nuts and bolts of rheumatology. And it was just a lot of fun to read. Um, the collection of of papers and scouting reports that you gathered. It was, I don't know, everything in rheumatology to me is fun and exciting and new. And this was just another level beyond that. So it's great. It was, it was excellent. Well, and actually I should, I probably should have said this at the beginning, you know, one of the people that we're so thankful for is the rheumatologist um, and their editorial staff for allowing us to put those scouting reports into the e-newsroom newsletter. And actually I just got an email today from uh, their editorial staff that they have room actually in the May issue of the rheumatologist to put all of those scouting reports in the May issue. So actually there will be a physical copy of the scouting reports headed to um, all of us, um, actually everybody um, in the May issue of the rheumatologist. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're an author on one of those scouting reports, um, we, there were 70 authors on those scouting reports you know, um, put the, put that under the non-peer reviewed section of publications of your CV. Um, so good job, everybody. Um, and, uh, show them around to your colleagues. Cause I think they were a lot of fun to read. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, guy, I mean, you're, you're not bitter, right? Oh, I'm never bitter. Um, <laughs> no, no. I always accept defeat really, really well. 
Um, no, so I, I I have to say that Repro Health Guidelines, of course, is a, a an excellent team, and I think that it was a, a great final matchup for it to be CAR T versus Repro Health Guidelines. Um, and I'm glad. I think I, probably a majority of of um, participants kind of got to those last two. Yeah. Um, they were just so different from each other. It, mm-hmm. It's really just like what what were we looking for? And CAR T cells aren't going to do anything for us in the next year or two um, when Repro Health Guidelines is going to help a lot of patients and a lot of rheumatologists as well. Um, but then later on is where it kind of uh, uh, switches where the repro health guidelines over time will become less relevant and CAR T will become more relevant. And um, so it's all just a a matter of perspective. I think they're, they're just both for me, it was about the process of reading about all of these things. There, There was so much that I didn't know about every single team that I learned through the scouting reports and, Personally, I have to say where where I did the most thinking was the Animal House region, where I it just I spent a lot of time thinking about you know how do you compare Dalmatian urate and osteoarthritis in dogs to regenerating limbs and axolotls, and uh, it was it was just very thought provoking. So I, I enjoyed the whole process, regardless of um, the the final outcome. Well, that's great. I mean, you know. The sneaky learning theory underpinning this is um, social constructivism, which means that we learn together and it means we learn when we actually actively construct knowledge ourselves in our brains. And there's no better way to do that than to do something with the knowledge. And although it seems silly to have, you know, dog osteoarthritis competing against um, CAR T cells, you know, they're so disparate, um, you know, how do they even compare it makes your brain do such a big jump that you have to understand the topics enough. Um, it really, it, to actually act on that knowledge in this strange quirky way. Um, so, um, it tricks your brain into acting on knowledge of basic pathophysiology and mechanisms of disease and machine learning and guidelines. Um, and so that's, that's the goal is, um, that we all learn together. Um, we, um, learn through communication, I just love the way that everyone interacted on social media I and mean, on these podcasts. I think one of the things I love about the rheumatology community is even when in, in defeat, um, we can have fun and uh, have good conversations. And I think those conversations were really welcoming to um, trainees and, uh, you know, so that we had attendings talking with medical students and residents on social media um, and fellows interacting with all of those people. Um, and building those connections is um, really awesome to see. Um, so, you know, I, Belinda, we've got to bring this to you. So, you know, this experience must be just what it was like prolonged over the last couple of weeks. You've just sat here and listened to these participants talking about their experience. What was it like for you on the panel, um, engaging with these topics, watching people's brackets go do well or be busted? What, what was this like for you? It was so hard to not participate in the conversations on Twitter. And because I didn't want to give any of my answers away. Uh, But it was actually, it was really interesting because essentially being a blue ribbon panel member, you're basically choosing your bracket a little bit ahead of everybody else and seeing how other panel members voted. Because what David essentially does is send us the, like, here's, here's the round of 16 
pick, okay, here are the winners of that pick from the round of eight. And I'm like, oh, they, how did they do that? Why did they pick? Um, why did they, how could they pick vasculitis over, over DCT? I, I sided with the masses on that one. I, I think that would be super valuable. Um, and, and all of the talk about the CAR T cells, I kept scratching my head. I was, I kept thinking it's one case study. It's a case study. And we don't even have longitudinal data. We know that this patient got a conditioning regimen of fludarabine and cyclophosphamide. How do I know that that's not what put the lupus into remission? How do I know it's the CAR T cells? For the cost of a CAR T cell infusion, everyone in my office and my kids can go get a PET scan. So I just, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't convinced of it. And, and I was a little um, surprised that, that the bandwagon made it that far along. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And I will, I will just point that out in case anyone's wondering how this went down. The votes were all done before the, um, the first round was even released. So um, none of the conversation on Twitter could have possibly influenced uh, the panel because all their votes were done before we actually started the tournament. Um, and I, I just also want to thank the Blue Ribbon panel for their attention to those <laughs> those constant surveys and for reading um, all these scouting reports um, because uh, it was y'all were wonderful to work with. Um, but yeah, you know, it's so fun. And that's really, we want to highlight that if you haven't had a chance on our, on our website um, and we'll link to it here, we have compiled, this was by popular demand in the post survey of last year. People really wanted to know the thought process of the panel um, and so we're thankful that the panel provided those comments for us. So we've, we've posted some, some of those comments onto our, our website. So you can go and read what their experience has been um, from some of the other members. Um, and it's really fun to see what they prioritize and compare what you prioritize to them. And, you know, I mean, yes, there are right answers and that we have winners, um, but there are no right answers because all of these topics are incredible. Um, they are um, interesting and intriguing and um, uh um, all of rheumatology, the entire planet of the rheumatologist is, is awesome. Um, I will say as part, as a, as a panel member, you, you ask us to read the base articles that go, that are behind the scouting reports. And guy, I was, I was car T all the way until I actually read the case study and I started scratching my head. And so it is interesting when you dive deeper, uh, the dinosaurs went away for me <laughs> um, and, and, you know, a few other, a few other things and, and the repro guidelines initially, I said guidelines, why are we putting guidelines in a tournament and you read the actual guidelines um, and I had skimmed through them before. And when you realize the amount of work and the depth and the knowledge that is there, it, it, it became a very easy decision. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, um, that is awesome. I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, people still have the opportunity to read through those primary articles. And one of the goals of Rumanus is not just to highlight those articles, but to get us out of our comfort zone. I mean, for me personally, these are not articles I would have ever picked up myself um, if I was not creating... <laughs> A, you know, you know, we weren't creating this huge, um, you know, tournament for us all to work together on. Um, but it got me out of my comfort zone and the kind of literature I regularly read. And I think that is a, a benefit to all of us. Um, yes, I'm not a basic scientist, um, but it, I think, fascinates and excites me as a clinical rheumatologist to read this amazing work that people are doing in um, mechanisms of disease. 
And so hopefully it's going to inspire us all to um, get out of our comfort zone a little bit more. And we will do this again next year. And I promise you, I'm sure we will be out of our comfort zone again. Um, it'll be fun. And I will never look at a Dalmatian again without thinking, I hope they don't have urate stones in their water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless they get a transplant. Um, <laughs> well, so um, just on this note, we have a, we have a ton of uh, people to thank. First of all, just um, we had amazing engagement in the tournament this year. We had 128 bracket submissions um, and um 38% of those were attendings, 30% were fellows, 22% were residents. We really had an increase in resident participation this year, which we love. And the remaining 9% were medical students, advanced practice providers, and patients. Um, we love that patients were involved in this, just like last year. Um, uh, there were a lot of um, adult rheumatologists, 64% of um, those uh, the participants were adult rheumatologists, but we had a fair number of pediatric rheumatologists. 12% were either pediatric or um, adult and pediatric rheumatologists. And I think one place we have to grow in the future is to continue to engage with pediatric rheumatology. I think they have a lot to teach us adult rheumatologists, and I think it'd be fun for us to continue to collaborate. Um, and uh, there were bracket entries from 10 different countries um, the podcast, you know, each podcast receives about 250 downloads, um, which is up by a hundred from last year. Um, uh, hundreds of social media posts from about 130 users on, on social media. So we really had a ton of engagement from around the world, which is really exciting to see. Um, and, uh, I just, um, I do want to highlight if you all have not had a chance to complete the post survey. All the listeners out there, um, there's going to be a link in the show notes to a post survey that we would love for you to complete. If you are a listener to this podcast, and even if you did not submit a bracket, but you listen to this podcast, or you engaged with social, with uh, Rheumatis in some other way, you read the scouting reports, but you never got around to submitting a bracket, we still want to hear from you. We actually really want to capture the experience of everyone who touches the Rheumatis curriculum so that we can understand what your experience is. So um, please take a moment and complete that um, survey if you don't mind. Um, and then we just, again, want to thank all our collaborators um, uh, who really made Room Madness possible. Um, so that includes the Rheumatology Research Foundation for funding through the Clinician Scholar Educator Award, the rheumatologists and their editorial staff for helping us publish the scouting reports, the people who made the scouting report, 70 different people from 13 different institutions, um, our wonderful Blue Ribbon panel member, members, um, the rest of our leadership team, um, and uh, also to Neff Madness, who really started all of this. Um, They're in our, their 10th year this year. And their tournament is still ongoing. And I have to say, I'm in the top 8%. So take that, nephrologist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we close, you know, one thing we've done all, all year is we have highlighted um, diversity and equity inclusion topics in the tournament. We haven't included them in the tournament themselves because we just weren't sure how that would go of having these topics competing against each other. Uh, but instead, we decided that each time we touched on a topic, we would highlight on the podcast issues of diversity, equity, inclusion. And part of that is also just thinking about ways that we can take action um, in our lives to in, um, improve issues related to diversity, equity, inclusion. And speaking of action, um, the one last thing we want to highlight um, before we close um, is um, uh, something we can all do in a healthcare setting um, to help our patients receive better representation. So Belinda, would you tell us about that opportunity? Yeah, you know, David, when you uh, had the podcast where you were talking about increasing 
um, enrollment um, and diversifying enrollment in clinical trials. Uh, you, you brought up a, a paper that talked about um, how patients want to see that their clinician is involved in the community uh, where they practice, and that can build trust between the patient and the clinician. And so I'm a really proud member of an organization called Vote ER. And um, what Vote ER does is it tries to integrate voter registration into healthcare delivery with the core philosophy being that full participation in the democratic process will lead to better healthcare outcomes. And so what VoteR does is it connects providers um, with the tools to do this. And so what that means is there is different signs in different clinics across the country. I am showing, I'm showing the podcast here. Uh, I, I have a badge backer that I use and it's got a QR code. And so when I'm taking a social history, I say to the patient, do you smoke? Do you drink? Are you thinking of getting pregnant in the next year? <laughs> um, are you registered to vote? And it's not a partisan issue. It's just part of good social history and good medical care. Um, we have 51 million unregistered voters in the United States, and there is a huge overlap between the demographic that is not registered and the demographic that is marginalized by our healthcare system. And that is patients who are um, poor, uh, who are young and who are people of color. And so if you think about our clinic population, uh, what you see if you're working in an academic center, um, that's a lot of our patients. And so in a time where you can feel hopeless and burnt out, I actually find that talking to my patients about voting, it's not one more thing that I have to do, it's one more thing that I can do and it's very empowering. And so I would encourage everybody to talk to their patients, uh, get involved if you want one of these badge backers or even just to ask them if they're registered. Thanks, Melinda. That's fantastic. And if, if it's all right, we'll we'll post a link to um, that organization's uh, site in our show notes so people can access that pretty easily on the podcast. Thanks um, for letting me talk about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Um, well, that's it uh, for this podcast. That's it for Room Madness 2022. Thanks, everyone, for participation. We are doing this again next year, and it's going to be even better than ever. So um, thanks to everybody for being here on this podcast, and thanks for, for listening.